It is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's preseason week two on the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. On this week's episode, we're talking about the 51-34 Packers victory at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Happened all the way back last Thursday. It's Monday. How y'all doing today? I am your host, Mike Fleischman, and along with me all the way once again from beautiful Los Angeles, it's Hollywood Matt Mellum Center. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Doing very good. How's uh, how, how's the big Hollywood life going? I've been... I've been like busting on you all summer while yeah. you've been out there, like you, you, like that you've gone Hollywood on yeah. me. Yeah. But I, I, I do, I do it from a place of uh, respect and jealousy. Of course. So, so, uh, so how, how's the how's the big Hollywood life? How's the sunglasses and the poolside stuff? It's good. You know, I'm not a great swimmer, so I've kind of avoided the poolside stuff, but. Um, sunglasses every day this is it's pretty early in the morning right now um not pretty early it's 9 a.m but it looks like it rained last night for the first time um i have not seen rain in months and it makes this world kind of feel like a a a a fake land i was at disneyland yesterday um which is you know quintessential hollywood stuff uh and it looks it, it just feels so similar. There's no rain here. It doesn't feel real. It's it's a weird place. So you're in a part of the state that is not currently actively completely on fire? Yes, yes. I am okay. I am in actual Hollywood. Uh, and Hollywood is not on fire because then the celebrities would die and what would America do? Ah. So what 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 indeed would we do? We would listen to more podcasts right. about the Green Bay Packers. Let me let me let me force transitions today. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, before we get started, of course, this is the annoying part where I tell you all that we're on Twitter at Cheese Cagoland, and I'm Mike Fleischman, MP Fleischman on Twitter. He's Matt Mellumsetter at Mellumsetter on Twitter, and this podcast is available wherever the heck you get your podcast from. So. Thanks very much for listening today. I I have just been chilling out in Chicago. I I yeah, called my Chicago? first football game. How did that go? Back on Friday. Um it was it was fun. There were there were some technical difficulties, oh, but no. the the actual um yeah, we left uh we left a microphone open on the iPad that we were actually transmitting our broadcast from. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, three three broadcasters all wearing directional condenser microphones on their heads. Yeah. And then we sent the majority of the broadcast through an iPad on the desk. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> so we're 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 doing great. We're all yeah. uh we're all we're all uh gearing up for week two to go a little bit better than uh than week one, but a uh, ton of fun. Ton of fun doing yeah. uh doing doing live football stuff um you just you rely so much on the graphical overlays football is a television sport it's its popularity has grown thanks to television it has grown with television and as technology is real time graphics and technology with television has increased so has the game of football they are directly tied hand in hand and so there's something both very challenging and very pure about sitting up in a press box 
with just a game in front of you and you've got the sticks, you've got the scoreboard and you've got the sheet of paper in front of you and uh, you better not stop paying attention for a second. Because you're going to miss something. You are going to miss something and it's 25 second play clock for all plays, no 40 seconds. So the pace of the game as, as the pace of every sport that isn't on a professional level. Yeah. So much, so much faster, so much faster. You don't get, I, I've, you don't get time to step out and like step out of the box and do your whole batting routine. You don't get time to like, it doesn't exist in high school sports. Like everything's so much quicker. Yet. You're not going to take a TV timeout every time there's a change of possession. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other t- the other team has 25 seconds to run out onto the field, and of course it's game one, so you see a lot more of that. Like, all right, nine of the eleven guys ran out there. Where are the other two? <laughs> you ever they're seen? Not, they're not quite ready yet. Have you ever seen nine man football, Mike? I haven't. Oh. Although I've also been hearing a lot about. Uh, I think it's six man football that they're playing down in Texas now. Yeah, they play nine man in South Dakota uh, in the small towns, and I'm gonna look up some of the records. I believe the passing yardage record uh, is like 785 yards in a game. Woo! It's the fastest paced, highest scoring, crazy land of football. It's just that's like <laughs> a broadcaster's dream. It, it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. I and and same size field. Same size field. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. More space. Yeah. More space. Less people. That's just just because this is fun. That is where That's, that is where the sport <laughs> has to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Because That's, it takes it takes what's fun about it and it removes what's not fun about it, which is more possibilities for long-term yeah. extreme injuries. And I was, I was actually, I was reading this morning, Mike, uh, I, Mike Spofford, pardon me if that's not your first name, Mr. Spofford. He does a, a mailbag column for Packers.com. Mm-hmm. And previously this column was done by, I think my all time favorite football writer who is Vic Ketchman. And Vic, Ket- Vic Ketchman had an idea that he floated years ago for what was called the spike, which was to essentially eliminate intentional grounding and give the quarterback at all times the ability to simply just spike the ball into the ground without penalty. But of course, that's, you know, the play ends and the ball is down where it was spiked. Yeah. Oh. To avoid to, to avoid quarterback contact. So like you're on a rollout or you're uh or you're in the pocket and it's collapsing, uh, spike the ball, the play is over. And, you know, it's instead of like, yeah. for, you know, first and 10, drop back five yards, defensive end bearing down on you, spike the ball, it's second and 15. And then the defensive player who was closest to the quarterback is credited with not a sack, but a spike. That's a very interesting concept. So it would is. It, would it be from where, like, the quarterback releases the ball or where the ball hits down? It would be where, from where the quarterback releases okay. the ball to yeah. prevent it from being thrown forward. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Would it is, and I, I like the idea. I'm because I'm not. I'm I'm a progressive when it comes to football because yes. there's too, there's too much evidence to ignore at this point that like the game needs to change to be able to be safer for the the labor who play yeah. it. 
Absolutely. And and as much as that might fundamentally change the game that I grew up loving, like I cannot I can't put my own love of of the game ahead of the safety of the workers. Yeah. And not even I mean, when we're talking about it at the NFL level, it is workers, but for like high school athletes and everything like that, like we were just talking about and how you're calling, it, it's it's not working. It's it's free and those are concussions that will last a lifetime. Those are brain injuries that will last a lifetime on everyone. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I and especially like I'm I'm most in favor of these changes being not not grandfathered in, but mm-hmm. but kind of the opposite of being like grandson in where it's it's introduced at the at the lowest level i think you start playing football some places in seventh or eighth grade yeah in junior high school Mm -hmm. where it's organized tackle football full pads like those changes start there yeah and you just bring up a generation of players with uh with new player safety rules and eventually it reaches the pros and you know, of course, you're always going to have reactionaries and 50 and 60 year olds talking about how like the young kids ruin the game. But um, I don't know if you've talked to 50 or 60 year olds recently, but they talk about how the young kids ruin everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's the young so, kids. Fault so we don't everything. need we don't need to listen to them. <laughs> so how do you think it would work out then if we did that and we grandsoned it in and those we start to see the first kind of levels of those new player safety people coming into the league, how's that going to mingle with the older people? Do we just well, force I, I it? Think, I think the idea is that you already are seeing the NFL adapting slowly yeah. and the NFL would be slowly adapting along with the new mm. players coming in. Okay. Where, where the, amount, the amount of allowable contact would be slowly increasing as you get to the NFL, as you run into those older rules, but yeah. the NFL would also be be applying the new rules because we have already seen like I don't know if you've caught like there was a hit I think it was a Viking yeah. player that that hit a quarterback and it looks it looks like it should be a legal tackle that was called for unnecessary roughness yeah uh, on a hit on the quarterback and it's going around Twitter in this whole like I can't believe the whole darn you know the whole game has come to the it's incredible you can't even do this like and basically what it was it was the, uh, the it was essentially the Anthony Barr Aaron Rodgers hit where yeah. you intentionally brought down your full weight onto the quarterback mm-hmm. even though it was a head up shoulder first hit yeah. onto the quarterback it was still a matter of like driving him into the ground underneath your entire weight which um, is how you get injured that only works yeah that only works in professional wrestling where like <laughs> that's that is faked. Yeah. Well, that's the point. Uh, yeah. That that doesn't work in real life because yeah. I see a hit like that and I'm like, yeah, that's how you break your collarbone. That's yeah. how you break. That's how you break three ribs. That's how you puncture a lung. And so I, I'm not on board with the, the reactionaries. They'll find something to complain about no matter what. They'll go back to complaining about how millennials have have ruined. Uh, what are millennials ruining these days? Uh, Matt? Uh, jobs. Um, jobs. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 the economy. Um, uh, uh, Hooters. Yeah. Hooters was the recent thing that millennials what? have ruined. Who's on board for yeah. Hooters still? Uh, who is on? I thought who Hooters is was on board. Done. I thought Hooters was done. I've never. There's like, 
There's two of them down yeah. by where they're near and nearish to where I live. What? They yeah. still they're still really existing. They still they still exist. No. But millennials are ruining it. Yeah, as, because, we, as we should. As we should. Yes. Um, we should be gone. Yeah. It's an amazing it's an amazing misappropriation because they're like, you know, millennials just aren't into breasts. <laughs> We just can't have our wings and boobs anymore. The millennials yeah. are ruining it. And it's it's this classic misappropriation. It's yeah. the exact same thing. It's like, you know, this is it's less important, but it's like um, Hooters isn't suffering because millennials aren't into breasts in, in very much the same way that the anthem protests are not about the anthem. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 not. It's not breasts who I think uh, like humanity is going to continue to feel strongly about. <laughs> we will, nothing's going to change. For the foreseeable future. <laughs> we will always still like chicken wings and breasts. Nothing will change if Hooters yeah. closes down. Yeah. Humanity it's, will it's, go it's, on liking those things. It's the business model. It's that maybe we don't need a restaurant that objectifies women while maybe also selling not. the chicken wing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we don't need that. Maybe we can just go to a wing restaurant. It's been been probably two decades since I've been <laughs> been inside of Hooters. Their uh, the yeah. food is their food is absolutely god awful. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That is uh, that's that's uh, that's my final word on Hooters. We got to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, no, we're sixteen uh, at least in, for, at least for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing to talk we're doing to you, good buddy. today. It's been a long yeah, time. man. <laughs> I've I've got I've got I've got my cup of coffee today and what are you and drinking? I'm finally, what coffee? It's uh it's world market probably probably the Mocha Java is what okay. I've been buying most often. I I'm I, a I'm a hot black coffee guy. Yeah, me too. I Mike I remember this is kind of a long time ago thing. I think it was at least a year ago. We were in the basement of Radio DePaul's old place in U-Haul. Um. And you were on the computer, and I was on the couch, and you were telling me about a coffee book that I needed to get to learn about coffee. And I never got the book, but I did learn about coffee. And now I've adapted over that year to become a full-time hot black coffee drinker. So I want to say thank you, Mike. Yeah, man. Yeah, the I, I, I married. Live. Yeah, I'm married to a uh, a small amount of cream and sugar lady mm, yeah which like that's that's okay too i Fine. used to be a small amount of cream and sugar guy Yeah, take that bitter edge off of the coffee before before we go into the packers i i'm just one one last story sure i used to work i used to work for a uh, for a lady and and she sent me to mcdonald's to get coffee for like her and the rest of us <laughs> and her her coffee order from McDonald's was as follows: one small, one small coffee with twelve creams and ten sugars. No, no, no! That's just milk and sugar. Yeah. Well, well, what I what I had to do when I was placing that order is that I needed to take steps to make sure that the people at McDonald's didn't think that that was my coffee order. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> so I would say that first. I'd say that first. I like I'd like one small coffee with ten and twelve, and and then does that cost extra to get that many? Nah. <laughs> How many are not? Nah. What? And then That's I'd say very very milk. loudly. Then I'd say loudly, and then for myself. <laughs> Cut it off. Make sure that they know. <laughs> yeah. 
don't yeah, let anyone judge to, you about uh, that. Yeah, I absolutely needed to to differentiate the fact that this was not what I was what I was ordering because it's important for me to tell strangers that I don't drink coffee in a stupid of course. way. Yeah, no, that's hey, number one on what strangers need to know about us, we don't drink bad coffee. We don't drink bad coffee in a dumb way. Um, but Miss Barbara, if you're if you're out there listening to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, you were a good boss. And outside of the insane coffee order, I, I had a good time working for you. So thank you, thank you very much. I'm sorry I'm lampooning your coffee taste on a podcast that three three and a half people listen to. Uh, week two of the preseason, the Green Bay Packers a 51 to 34 victory, and. Right off the bat, I want to start this out. The the Steelers were, of course, not playing Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger is in his mid-50s and is mostly made out of paste. Yeah, he's – God, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, I, I just think he's going to melt sometimes. He just – He looks like claymation. Yeah, no, he just looks like he's made out of like – I was going to say wax, but yeah, claymation's good. Uh, uh Butter, maybe butter. Yeah, it's just uh, he's a butter he's just very, a slight shine. <laughs> a nice little gleam to Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> he's like he's somehow like shiny, lumpy, and pitted all at the same time. I don't know how he does that. But but they're they're of course not playing Ben Roethlisberger because why on earth do you need to you just like wind him up and totter him yeah. out there for the regular season and, then and like linebacker <laughs> linebackers bounce off of him and he throws sixty yards down the field without like really moving his <laughs> no arms reads. or legs in any way yeah <laughs> just throws sixty yards downfield whatever uh. just a, a consistent golem of a quarterback but uh, so they're they're without him they're without their number one backup Landry Jones who is i don't know average yeah, i guess we've yeah. seen enough of landry jones we don't need to, we they know what they got so they they trotted out a a couple of quarterbacks they trotted out mason rudolph in the first half joshua dobbs took over from him played a lot mm-hmm. going forward but uh mason rudolph got welcomed to the preseason on the first play of yeah. this game with a 25 yard pick six to tremont williams and if you're a Packers fan, you love this for multiple reasons. One, because it puts points on the board for the Packers. Yeah. And two, because it shows you that old man Tremont Williams can still do the, like one of the real key things that you want quarterbacks to do, which is to read a route, read a quarterback, turn on it, plant your back foot, drive forward, and pick off a ball. Yeah, and Tremont Williams made a great play on this. He didn't just read the wide receiver on this route. He was reading Mason Rudolph the whole time. If you yep. watch the play, Mason Rudolph gets the ball out of the shotgun and is the entire time staring right at that receiver. Stares down his read. Tremont Williams is able to step up, read the route, pick it off, take it in for six, 25 yards, untouched. Um, that was great to see. And I'm not I'm not a guy who thinks that we're going to see – we're not going to see a full season of Tremont Williams – no, whether I, he's too whether old. whether through injury or or just through the through the idea that there are going to be especially in the back half of the season that there are going to be better players to put out there in the Packers secondary. Yeah. Uh, but 
I, I liked his signing from the very beginning because he's a veteran. He knows Green Bay, and he is surrounded by a bunch of guys who are just babies. Yeah, who are and just young they, little boys. Yep, just. they they need they need a guy like that, and I'm always I'm always in favor of using using at least one roster spot in a very young position group on a guy where it doesn't matter how good he is at a certain point mm-hmm. because if you're 35 and you're still vying for an NFL contract, it means that you've proven like way more than just your ability to play football. Yeah, you are a team guy. You are a leader in the locker room. You're a veteran presence, and that's what we need to mount. Ron Williams to do and kind of train Jair Alexander or Josh Jackson, all these young cats in the cornerback room. So the pick six leads to uh, the next possession. They send they send Mason Rudolph right back out there, <laughs> and uh, and and one one thing I want to point out is that we saw a lot of Oren Burks in this in this yeah, first we half. Did. We saw him on special teams, and then we saw the him him playing. Playing next to Blake Martinez, yeah, and boy, um, I'm a guy who watched AJ Hawk, yeah, move move at the speed of a semi truck, like getting off, you know, just unable to accelerate, yeah. for so long. Two guys where where Blake Martinez is is slightly above average as an athlete, and he's he's a little bit faster, I think, than your average middle linebacker. But Oren Burks next to him is lightning fast, He's, and the combination of those two, you you're not you're not very big in the middle if Martinez and Oren Burks are your guys, but you are fast, you, and one of your guys in Martinez has already proven that he knows how to play gaps. Yeah, Martinez is, is a smart, quality tackler. Martinez does not miss tackles. He's always in the right spot and Oren Burks is a young cat he's a young guy but he is so fast I mean he's a converted safety from college um he's what did he do you remember what he ran in the 40 I mean it doesn't really matter I think he ran like a 4-4-4-5 he's just he's off the block like that he's fun to watch he's just all over the field he led us in tackles in this game he had six yeah, he he is he is going to get seriously fooled on some regular season plays, but uh, when he's when he's in the right spot, when he makes the right read, and really it's going to be up to the coaches to make sure he's making that right read more often than yeah. not. But a pick six followed by a three and out in which Martinez and Oren Burks factor in very well gives the ball to the thing that I wanted to see. Yeah. The thing that I said at the end of last episode. This is what I was looking for <sighs> this week was. One series of Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> throws an eight throws an eight yard touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham. We see the first Lambo leap for Jimmy Graham. And this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers coming out for a series to just kind of remind us all that he's still alive. Yeah. That he's and he exists. But the offensive line didn't give him very good protection, and I want to I want to credit the Steelers because they have a good front four, they have a good pass rush. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers had to had to move around quite a bit. Yeah. On yeah. this on this five play drive, and it was it was fun watching Rodgers. Just you get reminded of the fact that like this is one of those guys who somehow can see behind him. Yeah, there's no one with more pocket awareness in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers. I've never watched a quarterback move as well as 
Aaron does. In the pocket, out of the pocket. He's always finding ways to reset his linemen. So when he when he he'll, he'll feel that pressure coming around the back, he'll step up, bounce back out, give them a chance to reset, get their blocks set. He's just outrageous at what he does, and it, I cannot wait to see him for another full season. Yeah that that was it was it was fun to see. That was the only series that we were going to see Rodgers for today. We'll we're, we'll probably see him for a quarter more. Yeah. In the preseason, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I, game three is typically where I think starters play the most, right? Um, I yeah. doubt, doubt we'll see him in game four. But hopefully we can get him for another another drive next week. The uh, But that, that touchdown strike to Jimmy Graham, it just shows you exactly how valuable Graham is going to be. Oh. Because this is this is just another ball, and this is this is another... Another thing where Jimmy Graham not only is going to be able to catch those those high passes, but you've got you've got three young guys who are, if not quite Jimmy Graham sized, looking to, you know, their upside, their ideal upside is, of course, players like Jimmy Graham, who are tall and strong and fast. And Packers brought in a guy who is like the archetype for the three guys they drafted as to like, this is what you want to be. Yeah, he's. Jimmy Graham, that throw from Aaron Rodgers, um, Rodgers floats that what feels like about 10 feet in the air into the end zone, and it's only going up. And out of nowhere comes Jimmy Graham to snag it. We're going to see that so much this year where Rodgers just kind of throws a ball 12 feet in the air where no one in the world can get it. And Jimmy Graham will reach up his giant mitts and pull it out of the air and spike it and do a Lambo leap. And I can't wait to see it 12 times. So Pittsburgh gets the ball back. They get on the board on a three play drive, which was just James Connor running the ball. And they were aided. They, they were aided by a Dean Lowry face mask penalty, but a, uh, yeah, Connor, another guy for the Steelers who will probably be pretty good. Of course, this is another game where like, we're not, we're not factoring in Mike Daniels. We're not factoring in Nick Perry yet. Kenny Kenny Clark like no one no one's really going full yeah. speed we haven't seen we haven't seen the full front four, four but James Connor just sort of gashing gashing the defensive line yeah he looked good and he then good the uh, the next series is an immediate fumble and then short field for the Pittsburgh Steelers they tie it back up at 14 and then then we then we just get to uh, then we get to the Brett Hundley experience once again yeah yeah, and actually, you know, the first the first drive that Hundley is on the field, it's a ten play, fifty one yard drive that results in a Mason Crosby field goal, put the Packers up seventeen fourteen, and once again we we're gonna we're gonna talk talk Brett Hundley, and he was he was on the field for uh, for a couple of drives. He finishes the game. Let me get his stats up. He finishes the game uh, six of nine for seventy seven yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Sacked twice, and once again, this is a uh, this is a situation where he got outplayed by Kaiser. The pundits say that this was the first week, this was the first game where he got outplayed by Kaiser. To my eye, this is the second week in a row where he was yeah. soundly outplayed by Kaiser. Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser looked so much better than Brett Huntley did in this game. It's 
Brett Hundley is audition is is trying to play somewhere else. Brett Hundley is going to play somewhere else. I don't think he has a spot on this team. I think Kaiser has that backup spot locked up. Tim Boyle has played pretty well thus far. I think he'll take the practice squad spot. I think Hundley's gone. I'm I'm absolutely with you. Hundley, you led a touchdown drive that that spanned the uh, first quarter into the beginning of the second quarter. It was a uh, he actually ran it in for the touchdown, ten yard rush. It was a good rush. This is if if you want to praise Hundley, he's he is a decent scrambler when he decides to. Yeah, if if he makes up his mind to run, he's he's quick guy. He's got good legs. He that, his touchdown play was nice. Uh, it started with some good pocket movement. He rolled outside of the pocket. He saw a lane. He chose to run. He ran it in. It's just that very often, just like when he passes the ball, he doesn't really make a decision until it's way too late. He's always very indecisive and kind of seesawing. And so when he decides to run, it can be good things. It can bring good things. But it just kind of sometimes he takes way too long to decide to do anything. Yeah, we keep on seeing that, and and I keep my eye on him because it does seem that, especially after those first two or three plays that he gets sent in with, yeah, yeah, I, old old Brett Hundley takes over and he starts to be indecisive again, and boy, when he's got a clean pocket, he looks like an NFL quarterback. But there's there's probably about twice as many guys who are actually good NFL quarterbacks that you can say that about. Yeah, no, there, I bet there's a backup on every team that you can say, wow. When you give him a clean pocket and open receivers, he looks like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that guy, that guy Landry Jones, sure looks like a good NFL quarterback. <laughs> if you uh, if you give him a, if you give him five seconds to throw it on every play, uh, and you give him Antonio Brown, but I, uh, the rest of the the rest of the first half was uh, was fairly boring. We got into a punting contest a little bit. Crosby gets another field goal, brings it to twenty seven. 14 and then uh then right at the end end of the uh end of the quarter Deshaun Kaiser leads a uh leads a touchdown drive. They brought him in before the end of the of the first half, which I thought was indicative of I think where the team is thinking of like they just they they give Hundley his time and then they then they send Kaiser out there to like iron out some some weirdness yeah. and you know, like a like, like a lot of drives in this game, Green Bay was getting bailed out by some dumb penalties on the Steelers. This one was, uh, you know, definitely a, a defensive pass interference puts the uh, puts the ball at first and goal at the one, and that was uh, we ended up seeing Robert Tanyan catch a touchdown pass from Kaiser, and uh, this is this is where we get into the second half of the game. This was kind of foreshadowing in that we're starting to see now some guys that have. I think very little chance of ever playing for yeah. the Packers. Yep. Guys like uh, Joel Buonio yeah, and Robert Buonio's. Robert Tanyan. Yeah. I mean, what's Tanyan? Like, is Tanyan fourth on our tight end depth chart? Um, and Buonio, I don't think there's any chance. I mean, we're having some issues with running back depth right now, but I think we just brought two guys in after Judd retired. Uh so I think Buanio's out. Yeah, we we saw we saw a lot of we saw a lot of Buanio for the second week in a row. I think they're really they're the, taking as 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 deep of a look on this guy as as they want to. He had 13 carries in this game. Yeah, he's leading for us 41 in preseason yards. carries. Yep. 
We also saw Akeem Judd, who had five carries for three yards and then promptly retired from football. Yeah, good. For, I mean, after this game, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating about that. I know that's my thing, but Akeem no. Judd actually, <laughs> honestly, retired from football. He's done. He's after, out of here. <laughs> after the Packers preseason game. Uh, yeah, because we brought in uh, we brought in two guys, uh, James Daniels, correct? Let me look up. Packers. I don't know. Can we cut this part out, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the part where we're just uh, floundering around. Yeah. We always say we're going to cut stuff out, and then I never do. Yeah, no, let's cut, because, let's cut uh, the part out where I Google uh, who we signed, because I think James Daniels is somebody else's name. <laughs> Running back signings. Oh, we man. signed a guy named LaShun. LaShun, LaShun Daniels. And then LaShawn Daniels. LaShawn Daniels, he played on the Patriots uh, a few years ago. He's from Iowa. Why am I having so much trouble finding this? LaShawn Daniels. Yes. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Can we come back He's in? He's got it. I got it. Hey, I got it. <laughs> All right. So... So we are having some issues with running back depth. We just shot. We just signed LaShun Daniels. He's in his second year in the NFL. Uh, he spent last year with the Patriots uh, before getting cut at the end of camp. Played a few games with Washington. Um, he's from Iowa, and then we also signed Bronson Hill from Eastern Michigan. Uh, he's been in the league a little bit longer uh, since I think 2015, but. I think it's all just depth to surround Montgomery, Williams, and uh, now Jones. Mike Jones, yeah, Jones that we have not seen yet because Williams and Jones are both well, banged I, up, and Jones is suspended. Correct? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely like the way that the Packers are. They're trying to find a guy because so Williams hard. has been has has been injured on and off all throughout the preseason. Of course, Aaron Jones is going to have a two-game suspension yep. coming coming up for the first two games of the regular season. Ty Montgomery has very, very rarely been healthy for an entire season, if ever. Yep. So uh, Devontae Mays has not been able to practice with the team yet because of an injury. So there, there's definitely some due diligence to be done as far as finding another guy who can, who can run the ball for the Packers. And Joel Buonio uh, looks... Uh, extremely boring. Yeah, not good. But at the same time, but but at the same time, has not fumbled the ball. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And he, he's fumbled the ball and he's despite, hit his holes. He's, 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 yeah, despite not having a despite not having any sort of of highlight type play, is uh, if you're looking for a fourth string guy to to just like stand on the sidelines while while Aaron Jones is suspended for for the horrendous deep uh, society ruining crime of smoking marijuana. Yeah. Um Ugh. you know, you could do worse than Joe Albano yeah. as as uh you know, Akeem Judd took one look at the whole situation and went like I'm not going to play football again. So <laughs> he said, "Adios." Yeah, Joel Buonio, at least, is not trying to actively retire from playing the sport. <laughs> Joel Buonio is not trying to get out of this situation. Joel Buonio yeah. is not trying to escape. <laughs> so uh, cr- credit where it's due. Uh so we get to the second second half of this game, yeah. which which just saw 
and saw Deshaun Kaiser out there against a bunch of practice squad guys for the Steelers. It was definitely advantage advantage Green Bay for uh, for the most of it. Although Pittsburgh did in theory win the second half of this football Ooh. game by by three points. We saw we saw another uh, another great pick six. There were two incredible pick sixes in this game. Uh, Josh Jackson on Pittsburgh's first drive. They bring in. Uh, they bring in. I'm gonna get this guy's name. Josh they bring Dobbs. in Joshua Dobbs, yeah. who uh, looked better than Mason Rudolph, which yes. is uh, you know a compliment. I think. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. No. But, but I, Mason Rudolph was a first round pick, right? Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Boy. They bring in. They bring in Dobbs, and Dobbs does pretty much exactly the same thing that Mason Rudolph does on on his first throw of the game, which <laughs> is. Just just let a cornerback read your eyes and drive on the ball. And it was something I wanted to see from Josh Jackson was that ability to turn on a pass and come in on an inside position mm-hmm. and, and make a good good catch in rhythm. Because one of the things we, we had a laugh about this is that uh, Jack, Jackson was was regarded as as maybe not having the best uh, the best hips. Hey, Mike. Of, uh, of, of all the cornerbacks in the draft, a guy who maybe couldn't make those turns as fast as he needed to. Hey, Mike, but, I, I just um, lost he, you he was for actually, about 10 seconds there. Oh, I was talking the whole way through it. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was telling the good folks at home. Yeah, my, my network disconnected. I was telling the good folks at home that uh, the knock on Jackson was that maybe he doesn't get himself turned towards the ball as fast as he needs to. That is his turn from back pedal to front is is not as good yeah. as it should be. But uh, he was able to turn and drive on this ball pretty much same technique as Tremont Williams showed. And a real, a real nice preseason for Josh Jackson. I know that means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things, but uh, Josh Jackson looks like a looks like an absolute football player. Yeah, he looks like a pro. He looks like he was worth our first draft spot when we came up the first time and we were able to get a guy in front of him. We were able to get him in the second round. Josh Jackson's look exceptional. We've seen him on the kick return team. We've seen him on the punt return team. He didn't do that in college. He's been he's been exciting with the ball in his hands uh, after the play when he's gotten it on these interceptions, these kick returns. He's been great in coverage. He, he's, he's having a great preseason. I'm excited about Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson looks good. Yeah, he looks very good. We we saw um, we saw Jair Alexander. I'm going to say his name well, Jair Alexander, for a little bit in this game. But really, it's been Jackson out of those two that has has been more impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, next next drive for the Packers is a after a a Pittsburgh touchdown is a Jake Kumaro 82 yard touchdown pass from Deshaun Kaiser. This was a little bit of good work from both Kaiser and Kumaro. And, and this was one of the more exciting plays of the game. And I was, I was down on Kumaro last week. I'm still not like, I'm not, I'm not advocating for Kumaro to have a roster spot at this point, Sure, but, but it was, it was a rough, it was a rougher game for some of the higher draft picks from the Packers, particularly Jamon Moore had his second second preseason game in a row where he he missed some stuff that he should have caught. And Kumaro at this point is uh, is starting to convince me. I, instead of being like, nah, now I'm kind of standing there with like my hand on my chin like, Maybe. Yeah, three receptions and three targets for 114 yards. Yardage is, of course, bolstered by an 82-yard touchdown but 
that 82 yard touchdown was a good play. It was uh, an on the money throw from Kaiser. He fit into a tight window on a little out route, and Kumro flipped on the Jets and outran, outran some Steelers. Of course, Steelers that are not going to make the roster, but still, he's outrunning some NFL players. It was it was the acceleration after the catch that really impressed me. Yeah, and that's the kind that's the kind of thing where like I, you know, Kum, they they talk about Kumaro the way they talk about like like the scrappy scrappy baseball player that everyone likes for no reason. Yeah, the, the second like, baseman that steals a couple bases a game that just kind of doesn't yeah. really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we all love David Eckstein because he sprints to first base after a walk. Like, who on earth cares how you get to first base after yeah. a walk? Except but the coaches. The the real the real thing for 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 Kumaro is that he caught the ball and accelerated past the defense, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing where I was like, you know, that's that's what he's not going to give you. Yeah, is like an, a real NFL level athleticism and. I'm not completely sold because you're playing practice squad guys in in the second half of the second preseason game, but he accelerated past guys and and got into the end zone, and that's I guess that's more than I was expecting. Like I'm 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 listening a little bit more now. Yeah, I I hope we get to have a third great game with Jake Kumaro. I hope he can really kind of blow your mind here because he's he's making plays. He's not. I mean. Kind of the big thing that sticks out to me is with a lot of the rookies, specifically Jamon Moore, it's been a lot of targets to very few, if any, receptions. Uh, not everything's coming up. Kumro, three targets, three receptions. He's pulling it in. He's making his plays. True. Anything, anything after that is just added bonus. It's just good stuff. He's he's in in Jamon Moore's defense. He has not been given a lot of a lot of easy no, plays to make. Yeah, he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting thrown like magical footballs but neither is Kumro like Kumro's playing with I mean that throw from Kaiser on that little out route is in a tight window he's got a guy draped all over him it's it's a great throw from Kaiser but that's a tough ball to come up with so I I really like Kumro thus far I like you I'm not 100% certain if he deserves a roster spot that's a we've got so many young receivers uh, and to have a guy off the street maybe beat one of our draft picks this year would be kind of a, a weird thing for Gutekunst to do. But I don't know. I think I, 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 I'm starting to get sold on him fully. I'm starting to really like Jake Kumro. I'm glad I, you're I coming understand around. It. I'm, I'm glad you're coming I'm, I'm around. Paying, I'm paying attention. Yeah, good. Hey, that's all we need. Just give him a look. So, so final, final Packer scoring drive is a Mason Crosby 50 yard field goal. In in the fourth quarter and a drive that started back in the third quarter. This is a uh, this is a boil drive where uh, you saw Emmanuel Bird make some big plays. Emmanuel yeah. Bird is like the twelfth string tight end. Yeah, really. I think he's the uh, the third string guy behind uh, behind Graham and Kendricks at the moment, and also Mercedes Lewis, who has been um, sightings of him and have been few and far between. Between, but he's like older than Aaron Roth or uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, so but we're he's not, not made of not, butter. He's still yeah. a human being. Yeah, no, he's still like a normal yeah, man. Yeah, we're probably not going to see him very much till the till the regular season because uh, we probably have a fair idea of what uh, yeah, of what Mercedes Lewis can do on the football field at this point. Where meanwhile, Emmanuel Bird, like, and Robert Tanya, and I'm not sure that they were that they're actual guys yet. Yeah. So 
there's eleven years between uh, Bird and uh, yep. Mercedes Lewis. Twenty-three and thirty-four. Yeah. No. So that that brought it to that brought it to fifty-one twenty-eight, and from there the the Steelers, uh, Josh Dobbs led uh, led some great drives in this second half. They get a uh, get a touchdown on a Josh Dobbs pass, brings it to fifty-one thirty-four. A little bit of a punting competition to end the game, and that's where it stands. We're gonna take a break because I feel like I've been talking for the last year and a half. Yeah, it's been fifty minutes. And, and when we uh, when we come back, we'll talk some big picture stuff. There's some stuff I want to talk about just in, in general. This is going to be a long episode, Melum Setter. Hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me, me too, actually. Uh, yeah, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're going we're gonna to play a little music for you. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what the heck's going on with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, see you in a second. What's up, everybody? Mike Fleischman here. Um, we had some really bad audio quality infect the podcast as we came back from break. You might notice that the audio quality in general in this episode is not great. But when we came back from break, it went from not great to to very, very, very bad, unlistenable. So we lost a little bit of the podcast. But I'm going to bring us back in. We're discussing Reggie Gilbert when things get at least listenable again. We talked about Lindsey Pipkins for a minute and how his technique is coming along and starting to match up with his his energy and work ethic, which is good to see. But sorry about the audio quality issues. Hopefully those won't be a factor anymore as we are going to be recording locally in the same room from here on out for the rest of the season. But yeah, we'll get it right back in on a discussion about Reggie Gilbert. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're sorry about this, and we'll talk to you next week. Reggie Gilbert, as as your third third option as an edge rusher, is uh, is a really good, legitimate option. And if he's pressed into more service, uh, you start to worry about the size. Putting Reggie Gilbert out there with uh, with Martinez and Oren Burks, your mm-hmm. linebacking core is starting to look a little bit small at that point. Right, but uh, just. The NFL is a passing offense, and you rarely see teams win games just because they gashed you for 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, no, I mean, jeez, when's the last time the Packers had 200 yards on the ground? Right? Yeah, a long time. I mean, I can't think of a game. No, yeah, teams don't win like that. Teams win throwing the ball, and Reggie Gilbert's been great in rushing the passer. And that, I think, has kind of served as the template for how to win games against guys that throw. Unless you have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, pressure is always going to shake a quarterback. Well, and as, as you saw in that AFC Championship game that sent the Broncos to the Super Bowl, like pressure on the quarterback is going to win you games as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't I don't think I don't think uh, Reggie Gilbert and, and Von Miller should be talked about in the same sentence. <laughs> No, but uh, at the same time, that that's 
that's that's how you win yeah. on defense is that you pressure the quarterback, you cause bad throws, you get sacks, fumbles, interceptions. Yeah, you force and, them to make decisions quickly. Yeah, el- elite running backs and teams that put the ball on the ground 50 times a game are are almost non-existent nowadays. Yeah, it, it just doesn't exist. There's not running backs that can take that many carries anymore. It's just a, it's a different game. I'm kind of sad because it, it, it really spells the end of like the beef monster era for yeah. defensive linemen. Yeah. You, uh, you know, Kenny Clark isn't a small man by any by any stretch of the imagination. But like, uh, you know, Reggie, Reg, uh, uh, I'm going to his name, William Perry, Reggie Perry. What the hell is Nick going Perry? on in my life? Reggie Gilbert? No, no. Uh, the the refrigerator, William Perry for the Bears. Okay. Uh, ball for the uh, for the Detroit Lions. I'm going way back into uh, in into like the past for this. But these like giant 350 pound beef monsters, Gilbert Brown. Yeah. Be- even B J Raji are are starting to be a different era of guys versus uh, versus the guys who play on the down line on the defense these days. As the NFL has become more and more south and more vertical. Yeah, more of a speed. It's more of a speed game now. It's it's. The big men is not as important as the fast men. And Reggie Gilbert is very fast. Yeah, Gilbert's fast up the field. Even Kenny Clark, he is... Kenny Clark's quick. Um, Kenny Clark is not only quick, but Kenny Clark is is a different shape yeah. this year than he was last year. He's And he's still only like 24 years old. I mean... Not not even, sir. He's 22. What? Yep. What? Yeah, he was drafted at 20 years old. He is younger than <laughs> I think the major. He's younger than the majority of the Packers draft picks this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I holy cow. Kenny Clark is like my age. Boy, yeah, he oh was born October October 4th, 1995. Oh man. Okay. He's. Yeah, he's a, he's like a, a year older than me. Holy cow! Oh, good for Kenny. He Clark. is, of course, six, sixteen young years younger younger than me. <laughs> good for Which Connie is, uh, yeah, the the people my age involved in pro sports are now way more likely yeah. to be coaches than they are players. <laughs> so, got? so that's a that's a thing I deal with. Yeah, no. Well, Tom Brady's older than you. He's still yeah, he's yeah. still doing good, right? So. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing fine. You know, I Tom Brady competes at the highest level at the NFL quarterback. I can uh, I can run a 10K. Yeah, no, you can run a 10K. You can you can call some football games real good. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I I can. I tell you what, I I climb those steps up to (laughs) the press box way better than some guys who are like five, six years younger than me. Absolutely. Tell you what, that's hey, that's all that matters. I, I completely agree. Uh, I want to I want to hit a few few more things. This cool. game this game didn't have a lot of like, you know, we learned some of the same stuff that we learned back in the first game. That like, hey, Mason Crosby's still sharp. He's three yeah. for three. Hit a fifty three yard field goal. Fifty three, uh, fifty one. Just he's all over there. Gets gets more attractive every year. Oh, the silver fox. Does does Mason Crosby? That man is is just just got it put all together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the and the stubble look like benefits him really well. Uh, just a just a, a a progression of very good kickers for the Green Bay Packers. They've Seriously. been they've 
they've been lucky at a quarterback, but they've also been lucky that they haven't had to ride this carousel of like, who the hell is going to kick our field goals? Yeah, we have not had a bad kicker in a long time. We went straight from Longwell to Crosby, correct? Uh, yeah, and and the, I believe the progression from Longwell was from to Chris Jackie before that. It was Chris Jackie good. That's that's we're getting. I wasn't alive oh, yeah. yet. Yeah, Chris Jackie was uh, was very good. There might have been another guy or two in between those, but I think it's it's a matter of like taking these guys have just been taking the Packers scoring records from each other. Yeah, just uh, uh, kicker after kicker stealing the scoring records. How did you feel about J.K. Scott? We got a, a five punts from J.K. Scott. He, he's looking good. Yeah, a forty yard average and. I, I tell you what, like we, we talked a little bit about how how distance is more important than hang time in the mm-hmm. punting game, but this guy has hang time down to an absolute elite skill. Yeah, like five seconds per punt. Everyone's yeah. there. Doesn't matter. And they're not they're not always the longest punt, but I haven't seen him line drive a bad punt yet. No. And if you're gonna kick a thirty five yard punt that hangs up there five Five, you know, five seconds, and you don't let the defense return it. Like, that's that's better than uh, that's better than Jake Shum. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's better than any punter we've had recently, at least since uh, yeah. John Ryan. Well, how about five five J.K. Scott punts for two no Pittsburgh Steeler punt returns? What? Yeah. Wow. Great job, J.K. Scott. Yeah, that's and that that is pretty big. That's that's a uh, that's the right situation there where you can punt five times and the other team can't return it. I'm going back to the Titans game. Yeah. See if I can pull this uh, this thing up if I click on it in the right way here. Speaking of taking a look at that one, um, J.K. Scott two punts on that one and uh, one punt return for zero yards. Good. Wow. For the no Tennessee is, Titans. So no one's had so a punt zero, return yards. Zero punt return yards. Wow. Holy cow. MVP of the preseason, J.K. Scott. On seven punts. And, <laughs> you know, y- y- I, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be critical on using draft picks on punters. Yeah. But, uh, like, at least you used it on a guy who hasn't allowed a punt return. And... Barring barring something going terribly terribly wrong with J.K. Scott, which always always capable to happen because punting is a lot like putting or pitching, where it's easy to lose the uh, lose the thread pretty quick. But the yeah, kid's twenty one years old, and and he's uh, six foot six, and somehow like is is basically almost hitting himself in the head with his leg. Yeah, there's a lot of as he power follows through leg. on the punt. He's yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a very good form and and he's 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 focused on the right right aspects of his game. So you'd much rather have have like short punts that don't get returned than than long punts that do. Yeah. Um speaking of punts, we saw Josh Jackson on the punt return had one punt return for 41 yards. He's. I know we talked about it earlier, man, but Josh, Josh Jackson looks really good. I'm really excited for Josh Jackson. He does. He's he's got a, a, a versatile thing of skills. He also made a, made a special teams tackle or two. Yeah. On the other side, they're using him as a gunner. They're really just. I like what they're doing with him. Is that they're trying to get him involved in in every phase of the game. 
And and that that to me is is a good way to to get a guy acclimated to the speed that the NFL moves at. Yeah. Instead of just like throwing throwing him out there at the secondary where you have to where you have to just worry about your technique and all of a sudden you're lined up against like I don't know Antonio Brown. Yeah. Or 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 any of these elite wide receivers instead of instead of getting introduced to the NFL that way you get to like run down and hit some guys and and make some plays in a lot of different facets of the game it's a good way it's a good way to get get guys started especially when they're guys where you had questions about whether or not they have the they have the the technique yeah to to contribute right away on defense yeah absolutely it's a it's a good way to build like player confidence from Step one of getting into the NFL, he's making an impact no matter what. He's going to make an impact on punt returns, on special teams, punt coverage, in the secondary. Josh Jackson's making plays everywhere he goes, and that's got to feel good. And having confident players is kind of the first step to playing well as a team. Um, that that's pretty much all my observations as far as the Packers go. A lot of a lot of stuff that we learned week one got reinforced week two. Yeah. Do you have anything else for us um, from the game? Uh-uh. Yeah. No, not nothing from the game. I did want to say uh, Nick Perry is back off the uh, physically unable to perform list. Excellent. Uh, which means that we're going to drop somebody. We just signed our two running backs, uh, Lashawn Daniels and. Brent Bronson Hill uh, and brought Nick Perry off the PUP. So somebody's got to go. Do you have any guesses on who that man is? I I don't. If I had to guess, it would probably be one of those guys who's, uh, whose name that we called that we had no, no idea who they were. Yeah. Who was the guy that I had never heard before? Uh, Kevin Rader. Rader. Yeah, Kevin Rader. Yeah. My guess is that it's going to be Kevin Rader. From Youngstown State. Um, I don't think he was drafted. I think he was an undrafted guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 Kevin Rader might be gone. I don't think. I think whoever is gone is someone we will have never heard of. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Greer Martini as oh, well. Yeah, he Greer Martini, great name. Uh, yep. Moves very slow. <laughs> now, not fast. Not fast. Very slow. Not fast. Very slow. <laughs> So taking a look around the <laughs> NFC North, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears looked like absolute trash garbage for three quarters and then won their game 24 to 23 against the Broncos. I got to watch that one. Mitch Trubisky, 9 of 14 for 90 yards with the touchdown and interception. Um, he didn't he did not look as good as that stat line is. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh which is really saying something cuz that stat line is as average as you get. Yeah, that stat line is not good. Meanwhile, Chase Daniel was 19 to 28 for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. The king of the backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 a king shall rise among the uh a king the, shall the, rise the men among with, boys. <laughs> yes. Those clean jerseyed men wearing baseball hats. Uh, the, the Broncos are a deeply directionless team. I just want to say that about the Broncos. Yeah, no, the Broncos are not good. They don't have anyone. Paxton Lynch is bad, and that was their first round pick a few years ago. They're kind of floundering. 
You, just, you, you can't he, keep a defense together for that long. A great defense yeah. can't hold for that long. Contracts start to get in the way. That's a lot of money. It's really difficult to do. And it, it, it makes what the Vikings are doing with their contract situations so much more admirable. Um, I, I mean, I don't like the Vikings, but those are some smart cats in that, fr- in that front office. They know what they're doing. Oh, yes, sir. Speaking of the Vikings, they lose at home to Jacksonville in their second preseason game. Kirk Cousins plays a series, goes three of eight. Uh, Trevor Simeon and Kyle Sloter, uh, three quarterbacks able to get up 110 yards passing total? against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Total. 110 total? Yep. Holy cow. It's the preseason. It's yeah, of course, that's... Uh, Jacksonville's 30 yards, pretty good. Yeah. 30 yards lost on, on uh, quarterback sacks okay. that go against your passing totals there. So, Meanwhile, Blake Bortles goes 12 of 20 for 159 yards. Uh, Blake like, Bortles. Yeah, Blake Bortles. Is that, it's just... There, we're, we're like 10 years from now going to be like, oh yeah, Blake Bortles, that was a person. <laughs> that was a human being who existed. He had one great postseason. He did, and then the the New York Giants dispatched the Detroit Lions by a score of thirty to seventeen. Give me that box score here. Um, taking a look at uh, the Detroit Lions, they they sent uh, Jake Rudock out for the majority of the passing. He, he was twenty three of thirty for one hundred and seventy one yards and a touchdown. Twenty Stafford and Cass. Yeah, he threw the ball thirty times in the preseason. Yeah, they're taking a good long look at... Uh, I'm assuming that there's a pretty decent competition going on right now between Castle and Rudock for the second string. Yeah. They must like Rudock. Garrett Blunt, 11 carries for 32 yards, no touchdowns. That's the most Garrett Blunt stat line I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, this guy this guy is going to be completely without his powers when he's not on a Belichick team. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Because he, he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns a few years ago. Correct? He did. As, yeah, absolutely. As like their second running back. As as their goal line specialist yeah. guy. Just And that's all he does. That's what he's made for is just run the ball three yards, overpower everyone, score a touchdown. Yeah, so, so the, uh, the Lions are able to put up uh, – 240 yards passing, but only 67 rushing yards against the the New York Giants, who are just um, I I called oh I just I just called another team I called the Denver Broncos directionless. The yeah. New York Giants are like what the Denver Broncos are going to be in three years if they continue to not find a direction. <laughs> the Giants wish they were in the Broncos position. Yeah. They wish they were only as directionless as the Denver Broncos were. <laughs> but they were able to put up 33 three rushing touchdowns uh, against the uh, against the Detroit Lions and I just I know I know for Brendan Welper's sake that we want the the Detroit Lions to not be a continued embarrassment. Yeah. But at the same time I don't I don't know that Matt Patricia as like the guy who's kind of uh, behind the curtain for Belichick, he never had a lot to say. He never had, 
he never had like a real a real reputation as as anything other than like a cog in Belichick's machine. Yeah. Him stepping in into a leadership role, there weren't a lot of signs to me that he was in any way ready for it or appropriate for it. No, it's it's kind of a, the same situation we always see with Belichick assistants is uh, uh, how do we know that they're good at this? How do we know that they haven't just been carried by one of the greatest coaches in NFL history? Like, we can't know whose schemes were who. And well, I don't know. Belichick is also Belichick is a fantastic delegator. Yeah, he he does. He, he knows who to give the responsibilities to. And and with Patricia, it's it's been a matter of like, yeah, his defenses have, have done a lot with with very minimal talent at times, especially in the secondary. And Detroit does have some good players, but when it comes to like just the overall direction and leadership of a team, I I want Patricia to be good because he seems like sort of a mascot type character where like you you're not rooting against him immediately, but wow. I don't know that I don't know that you have the time to develop yourself quite the way you used to in the NFL. There's no. a lot of short leashes out there. Yeah, he's he's got what two, three years to make the yeah, playoffs before most. the Lions fire. Yeah, he he didn't have much time. So that's that's the NFC North. That's that's week two of the preseason. Green Bay Packers put up uh, put up 51 points. That's no problem with that. No. So they they are heading back out on the 24th for a Friday night preseason game. I'm going to have to catch that one on the old replay. Yeah. Because I'll be I'll be doing uh, the Friday night lights thing. Oh, They're going yeah. out to play going out to play the Raiders. You're going to be calling one of those uh, high school football games? Yeah, we've got uh, we we've got the Lowell Red Devils playing their first home game of the season against Portage. Go Lowell. Yep, Lowell, Lowell's quarterback hurt his hand in the oh, first no. game, but uh, they're going to put a club on him and they're going to send him out into the defensive backfield, provide some leadership back there, and put a junior who's had a little bit of JV quarterback experience, and they're going to hand the ball off 5,700 times. <laughs> Sounds like a great high school football game, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. Uh, I like the Lowell Red uh, Red Devils. They play up in their non-conference games, and then they do very well in their conference. Good. Cool. So, so we're gonna take a look at that. But uh, going out to see the Raiders, we're gonna see that. A, that should. We're gonna see a, a, an old Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers reconnection. You think they're gonna do the ball spin thing in the end zone? I I think they might just for old time's sake. It's the it's the preseason. There's no reason to be yeah. uh, no reason to have your game face on pregame in the preseason. That's pointless. That'll be fun. It's that's always it's a it'll be a sad thing to see Jordy in another uniform, but uh, he's getting reps that I don't know if he would have gotten here in Green Bay. I I don't know if he would have made made the squad this year. Yeah, because I don't I don't know that he was very good last year, and I don't know that. I hope he's good with the Raiders because I, I bear him no ill will. But there's, you know, time. Time comes for us all. Yeah, time. Time comes for us all, even White Lightning. Absolutely right. So we got a few things left to do here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. First thing we need to do is name the head Cheesehead for week two of the preseason. Okay. And uh, I've uh, I've got a few ideas, but I want to go to you first. Who's the head Cheesehead of Packers Steelers? 
Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, that's a good that is a, a good call. I'm I'm actually right with you. Josh Jackson is the head cheese head. Yeah. Uh, uh, pick six, plays yeah. in special teams. Yep. Good punt return, a pass defended, an interception, a tackle. He's doing it all right now. Yeah, that's uh, I'm right with you there. Josh Jackson is a is a unanimous selection for head cheese head. And then week three, Packers versus Raiders out in Los Angeles, first road game of the preseason for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, asked this question last time, and I got my wish. I got a, uh, a Rodgers-Jimmy Graham touchdown pass on the on the opening Packers drive in week two. What do you want to see in week three? What do I want to see in week three? I would love to see Kumaro play with the ones. We've, All seen, right. we've seen Jake Kumaro kind of dominate practice squad guys thus far. And kind of second, third stringers. I want to see Jake Kumaro play with the ones. I want to see Jake Kumaro. Let's see if he has the skills to play with NFL talent. I, com- th- I completely agree with you. Game three, I, that's, uh, game three is the game that we typically see starters for the longest amount of time, sometimes running up to a full quarter into the second quarter. I think this is the time where we throw Kumaro out there instead of uh, maybe Randall Cobb or something and just let him work and we'll see what we have in kind of an electrifying practice squad player right now. Yeah, I'm 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 very much with you in the idea that if there is a roster spot for Kumaro on the Packers, it's Randall Cobb's roster spot. Yes. Yeah. Which which that would be that would be a huge storyline if that were to happen. And most likely, we already give too much time to like whether or not Aaron Rodgers is happy with the personnel decisions. But until we promote Aaron Rodgers to general manager, I really do not care how yeah. happy or unhappy he is with the personnel decisions because, um, yeah, there's, I'm I'm a big believer in 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 filling your role no matter what it might happen to be in uh, in any sort of organization. So. Uh, that might make people unhappy, but I think that that's that's a that's a storyline that needs more ink right now. Is is the the roster spot that Kumaro is fighting for can't really belong to one of these draft picks because you can't you can't spend like you can't spend mid round draft picks on guys who get cut. No, huh? That's a waste of a fourth yeah. rounder. That's a waste of a sixth rounder. Yeah, you have to give those guys a season. You ha- you have to devote more time to them. Otherwise, you're not uh, you're not giving them a fair shake. Yeah, because so, really anybody who, passed about who, the third round is kind of like a developmental project. And, and we're seeing that with Reggie Gilbert. He's a long time yep. draft pick. We waited two years. Now he's starting to come to fruition. He's starting to develop and grow into like age twenty five. He's starting to grow into his role. So, kind of mid to late round draft picks, kind of development people. You can't just cut them. And on my side, what I'm really looking for in Game Three is I'm looking to see Jair Alexander. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if we're going to see a lot of him yet. He's been uh, he's been a little bit banged up, but we got to see Josh Jackson perform really well. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for Jair Alexander. I also want to see Jamon Moore catch a touchdown throw. Yeah, I want to see Jamon Moore catch multiple balls. I want to see him haul in a few passes. Yeah, you got to start building up some confidence somewhere. And the way you're going to do that, Packers, uh, it's Coach Fleischman out here. I'm 
I never listen to me, by the way. But um, what you're going to do that is getting him some nice, easy underneath throws, maybe a little wide receiver screen or something. Like get him something where he's not like in traffic on a jump ball, where he has to like rely yeah. on his height and his jumping ability. Give him something easy, just to watch the ball go into his hands once or twice. I think that'll really help out help out the kid. Yeah, give him a few layups. Give him a few free throws. So there we go. That's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We uh, we got this out on uh, Monday Monday morning. I'm going to have this out sometime today. Cool. Is my hope. I'm going to going to get this all together. I'm I'm in the audio, I'm in the editing bay for the rest of the day, which is probably where you are as well. Yes, I am. I am in the editing bay all day today. All right. That's that's what we're doing. And uh, next uh, next episode we record. Matt Mellum Center. It's going to be face to face, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah. Be next week. I'm out of here on the 24th. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll be face-to-face, Mike. Perfect. All right. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the split the split coast cheeseheads in Chicagoland coming <laughs> to an end. I'm here. I'm not on a coast, actually. No, no, no. But, but it's it, close enough. The, the split, the West Coast and, and the Midwest. We're, we're all over the, the map right now. So that's going to do it for uh, week two of the preseason. Thank you for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're going to be back next week for preseason week three, Packers Raiders. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellumsetter. Cheese Chicagoland is our Twitter. Cheeseheads in Chicagoland is our Facebook group. MP Fleischman and Mellumsetter are our Twitter handles. Thank you very much. And until next time, Matt Mellumsetter, what the heck we tell him? We tell him to stay cheesy, baby. Yeah, that's what we tell him. <laughs>